When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. want to let you know that the moment that I finish this show, I am going to step right over to my desk and about to publish the anonymous mailbag. It will be out and uh, ready to roll shortly. I had so much to take care of this morning, I was not able to finish it. If you are an anonymous mailbag list, uh, reader, and if you are not, you should be, then I want to let you know, I'm going to get it out on Tuesdays, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon. Uh, it just depends on how busy I am with the change in my schedule. Uh, just a lot going on. All right, right off the top, bet $5. Pick the winner of the Super Bowl, Rams or Bengals, $5. If you go to fanduel.com slash clay, a $5 bet can turn into $280. All you have to do, that's a 56 to 1 payout. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash clay in these places, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, uh, Virginia, West Virginia, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, uh, Tennessee, Colorado, Arizona, Louisiana, probably some other states that I forgot. Go to fanduel.com slash clay. Sign up today. $5 turns in to $280. All right, Tom Brady has officially announced that he is retiring. That means we go into a great debate about who is the greatest team sport athlete of all time because I believe Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And I say that as a guy who was a long time a Peyton Manning fan. I would put Brady won 10 Super Bowls, 7 of them won, 6 with New England, 1 with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would put New England and Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Tom Brady, two Hall of Fame careers, the first half of his career and the second half of his career, number one. I would put Peyton Manning number two. Uh, Peyton Manning went to four Super Bowls, one, two, I would put Peyton Manning number two. I would put Tom Brady number one. Now, the great unasked question. Who's the best coach that Tom Brady, that that Peyton Manning ever played for? To me, that's an interesting question. Probably, probably if you you look around and analyze it, probably Tony Dungy, most people would say, is the best head coach that Peyton Manning ever played with. What would have happened if Peyton Manning had Bill Belichick, had somebody who was a defensive genius on the other side of the ball to play with all of those years, what would the reaction be? Would then Peyton Manning be the greatest quarterback of all time? I think probably he would. Because what you've got in the combo of Brady and Belichick is the greatest quarterback and the greatest head coach of all time. Now, I think Brady is more important than Belichick. I think a star quarterback is more important than a great coach. But I do believe the real question, which we'll never know the answer for, is what would Peyton Manning have been capable of if he had been able to play for a coach as good 
as Bill Belichick was. One question. But I've got Brady one, Peyton Manning two. Uh, I'll do my quarterback roster. Maybe I'll do that for you guys tomorrow. Give you my top 10 best quarterbacks of all time. But I just gave away number one and number two. Okay? Uh, Brady, obviously there was controversy because Adam Schefter broke the story on Saturday. Brady on Tuesday, if you went and uh, listened and read some of my tweets and listened to my discussion, I thought that if Brady were going to announce it, this would be the week that he did it. 44 years old, he rides off into the sunset. Maybe the most impressive thing about this is Brady was still playing at an elite level. Top five quarterback performance this year and he's at the age of 44. If you compare that with uh, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, even Cam Newton, who I don't believe is officially retired, Philip Rivers, all of those guys who were otherwise contemporaries of Brady, guys who played for a long time at the quarterback position, none of them rode off into their retirement sunset at any caliber of level similar to what Tom Brady has now accomplished. Uh, after 22 years, he is hanging it up. I wanted to read this for you. Uh, Because look, we all get a lot wrong when we talk about sports for sure. Uh, But uh, this is from the Boston Herald on April 17th of 2000. uh, The day after basically Tom Brady was drafted. Uh, The headline is Brady pick hard to figure quarterback picture out of whack. Kevin Mannix. I don't know what Kevin Mannix does now. But he said... With one of their three picks in the sixth round, the Patriots took Michigan quarterback Tom Brady. So what's with that? Why another quarterback? The Patriots already have their franchise starter in Drew Bledsoe, a proven veteran backup in John Freeze, and a young developmental player in Michael Bishop. Uh, Old Takes Exposed is where that came from. That is a uh, pretty solid... Uh, breakdown there. Look, we all get a lot wrong uh, when it comes to prediction, not to, not to mention uh, certainly you and me. Uh, and people who followed me for a long time know that I get a decent amount wrong. Uh, but this is uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, a day for those of us who are big football fans to sit back and reflect upon what Tom Brady has meant to the overall NFL. And also now, I think you have to look at the larger quarterback picture in the NFL as some of these older guys are stepping off uh, of the, uh, stepping out of the league. Think about the young quarterbacks, right? If you had to say the top six quarterbacks right now of a relatively youthful age, I'd argue five of them are in the AFC. The only young quarterback that I'm really sold on so far as being a really good player is Kyler Murray on the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC, okay? A lot of NFC quarterbacks aging. Think about all the talent in the AFC. No particular order. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and if you still want to put him in there, obviously he didn't have a great year, but he has shown a lot of flashes of success and certainly been an MVP already, Lamar Jackson, right? And that doesn't even consider... Deshaun Watson, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, still a relatively young quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, whether there might be some success still to come for him, right? The AFC is stacked with talented young quarterbacks. I mean, just let me repeat those again. Mahomes, uh, Burrow, we just saw him play in the AFC Championship game. Josh Allen, just saw Josh Allen have 
one of the greatest playoff performances ever going head-to-head with Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, who his second year in the NFL was a revelation. And uh, if you look at what he's done so far, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray obviously in the NFC, but five of those guys in the AFC, worth keeping in mind how difficult it is going to be to come out of the AFC in the years ahead if those five young quarterbacks I just named, to say nothing of Deshaun Watson and to say nothing at all, uh, certainly either, uh, of Trevor Lawrence, who still might have the ability to drive uh, a high level of play going forward, certainly worth considering how much talent is there. Uh, My guy, Gavin Newsom, and I say my guy very, very sarcastically, California Governor Gavin Newsom went to the 49ers-Rams NFC Championship game in L.A. in SoFi Stadium alongside of the mayor of L.A. and also the mayor of San Francisco. San Francisco Garcetti uh, is the mayor of uh, L.A. The mayor of San Francisco is London Breed. All of them were photographed without wearing masks in direct contravention of the state of California and the city of Los Angeles mask mandate requirement. And Gavin Newsom was asked about it at a press uh, conference and said he only took his mask off for a few seconds. The problem with that hypocrisy is it was immediately blown up because Fox showed Gavin Newsom in the box alongside of Magic Johnson not wearing his mask. And then, and this was amazing, there was a Bud Light 4K fan cam. Have you guys seen this where they advertise, hey, uh, we're going to take a picture. You'll be able to go and seek yourself out and see a picture of yourself wherever you are sitting in the entire stadium. Gavin Newsom caught in 4K without his mask on. He lied. He's just blatantly caught lying. Now, there's a couple of things here. One, the hypocrisy is paramount because kids all over the state of California are being required to wear a mask when the governor and the mayor of LA and the mayor of San Francisco are not willing to wear masks inside at a venue uh, for a football game with 75 or 80,000 people around them. So the hypocrisy is glaring. It also brings home the fact that they don't actually have any true fear of COVID. That is, the people who are screaming to you, and my buddy Jesse Kelly, who I was hanging out with over the weekend down in Dallas at the Ted Cruz event, great example of this. The people who are claiming that they care the most about uh, COVID, right, and that they're going to take it the most seriously, aren't actually afraid of COVID. You can see it by their behavior because they are running around not wearing masks either. Gavin Newsom is a liar. The people of California are sending a clear message that they don't mind when their politicians lie to them about issues that are central to public policy. If you live in California and your kids are being required to wear a mask, I don't think it's uh, it's possible to see these photos of Gavin Newsom, of Garcetti, and of Breed, the mayors of L.A. and San Francisco, all without masks, and not raise this issue of massive hypocrisy. Kids are under less danger than adults. If adults are not willing to wear their masks, why in the world are kids being required to wear masks in school? And by the way, indoor and outdoor at schools in California. This would be enough for me to leave California by itself. 
By the way, I'll be going to LA on Sunday. I'll be out there for the full week with the Super Bowl going on. I don't really know what to expect there considering that I'm unvaccinated. My hotel's going to let me in. I'm going to be able to do the show from uh, my my Fox Bet Live gambling show from the Fox lot. Uh, I think we get tested every day. I also have already had Omicron in the last 90 days. I don't even know what it's going to be like to be going to a default police state in LA. It should be interesting to see. But to me, Gavin Newsom's hypocrisy should be called out by anyone with a functional brain, Democrat, Republican, or Independent. Do you see, speaking of functional brains, see Whoopi Goldberg's under fire right now? We talked about this some yesterday on Clay and Buck. Side note, encourage you to go listen to the Clay and Buck show. Uh, we had a uh, an author of a great Atlantic piece uh, on why masks don't make sense for kids, Dr. Smelkinson, uh, who is from Maryland and has four kids who are of a uh, elementary school age. They went through all the data and they said the same thing that I told you guys back in August when I went and spoke because I have a fifth grader and a first grader in elementary school, public elementary school here in uh, the Nashville area. I'm going to go pick them up from school myself here in a few minutes. The data doesn't support in any way the idea that kids should be wearing masks. Just zero to support it. Uh, But Whoopi Goldberg was on The View, which you want to talk about misinformation and disinformation. The View might be the dumbest show on television. That's saying something I know, but the opinions that come out of The View are consistently left-wing and insanely dumb. All right? Whoopi Goldberg went on uh, The View and said the Holocaust was not a racial-related issue. Uh, Now, just to point out something here, the Nazis, okay, the Nazis declared themselves the master race and decided to eradicate the Jewish population because they were not a part of the master race. They also did it to the gypsy community And if they had been able to take over a larger population in the world, it is highly likely that they would have had concentration camps of a more significant nature executing people based on their religion, based on their race, based on the fact that they considered themselves to be the master race. This was a big part of the 1936 Olympics when Hitler uh, and Germany and the Nazis hosted the 1936 Olympics, and this was why Jesse Owens' triumphs there were so significant because it called into question the idea that Hitler and the Germans were able to argue that they were the master race, right? I mean, this was a big story, okay? Uh, So Whoopi Goldberg is incredibly historically unintelligent in the argument that she is making, all right? But I do not believe that she should be canceled. There is evidently a lot of pressure on ABC to fire her. I think because the way cancel culture is applied, the fact that Whoopi Goldberg is a black woman is probably going to allow her to escape being fired even though she went on Stephen Colbert and continued to make stupid comments about the Holocaust in general, okay? Her historical ignorance is not something that I believe should get her fired because I believe in the marketplace of ideas. I don't believe in firing people based on their opinions, even if they're unintelligent opinions, because I believe that the cure for hate speech or false speech or however you want to classify misinformation, disinformation, is more speech. 
We should debate more issues as opposed to immediately firing people and putting them on the fringe of society. Having said that, Whoopi Goldberg, complete and total idiot. Speaking of misinformation and disinformation, uh, by the way, Whoopi Goldberg, complete idiot on that particular subject. I don't know if she's an idiot on all subjects. I'm not that much of an expert on uh, Whoopi Goldberg, all right? Um, I thought this was really pretty interesting. Um, Joe Rogan against CNN. Uh, CNN, not surprisingly, one of the groups that is leading the charge to demand that, uh, that Joe Rogan be removed from Spotify, that he be fired in general. And so I, uh, I said, hey, you know what? I think this is an interesting argument. Uh, and I came out and said, I want to know what percentage of you, because Brian Stelter at CNN said, you know, it's really a shame that people trust Joe Rogan and they don't trust us. 15,000 of you have voted in the first hour or so. Who do you trust more, CNN or Joe Rogan? And this is pretty wild. 96% of my audience trust Joe Rogan more than they trust CNN. And i in that camp as well. Because I know Joe Rogan is trying to get things right. I can't promise you that I'm going to get everything right. Right? This is my pledge to you. It's been my pledge to you guys ever since I started in the media. I'm going to get a lot wrong. Particularly when it comes to predictions. Particularly when it comes to gambling picks. But what I pledge to you is I will get my facts right. You may disagree with my conclusions. But I will get the underlying factual basis right. And, oh by the way, I'm going to be skeptical in general. I'm not going to presume that because somebody works for the government or because of their job title that they are automatically going to be correct, particularly when it comes to data. And what I have tried to consistently share with all of you, arguing that we could play football safely and play college sports in general in 2020 safely, guess who was right? Me. Arguing that you could put your kids in school and that you could do it safely as early as June and July of 2020 when almost no one was saying it, who was right? I was. Arguing that there was no danger to your children if they didn't wear masks at school, who was right? I was. Pointing out that the data on vaccines did not suggest that they stopped or prevented the spread of COVID long before the CDC and the government was willing to acknowledge what that data was showing, Who was right? I was, okay? I look at data and I try to make intelligent arguments. Now, there were things I got wrong. Back in March of 2020, as I have written and said for a long time, I trusted the data that China was providing and I trusted that based on that data, COVID was not going to be as much of a threat in the United States as it has turned out to be. I got that wrong. I told you, I looked at the data coming out of China It was not reliable and in March of 2020, early in March, back when Dr. Fauci was telling all of you you didn't need to wear masks and back when uh, Nancy Pelosi was telling you to go to Chinatown and hug Asian people because you weren't actually in danger from COVID, I got things wrong. But basically, since April and May of 2020, I've looked at the data and argued pretty transparently what that data has shown us and I've said kids need to be in school and I've said kids don't need to be wearing masks And I've said that masks do not really have a substantial impact in reducing the spread of COVID. 
all of that I've been proven true on, right? I said also, by the way, that the data to me looked like COVID came out of a Chinese lab. That was before you were allowed to even say that, okay? I said that the data was reflecting that vaccines were not going to stop the spread of COVID and they weren't going to prevent you from getting it. That was before almost anyone was saying it again. I look at the data and try to make rational arguments based on that data. I share you my opinion. And I live my opinion. My kids have been in school without masks this entire year. I love my kids more than anything. I went and spoke at my school board meeting in August and said the data reflected that kids weren't in danger from COVID. I was right. And that kids didn't need to wear masks because it didn't offer them substantial protection. I was right. Okay? All these things I was right on. But... That's why you guys trust me. Because I'm not trying to shut down people who disagree with me. I'm not saying, hey, that person who's telling you that your kids have to wear masks or they all are going to die, I'm not saying that they have to be uh, taken off CNN or MSNBC or that some idiot writer at New York Times or Washington Post doesn't have the right to share their opinion. I am willing to engage with them in the marketplace of ideas and make arguments for my opinions and against other people's opinions. I'm not going to attack them directly, right? And say that they aren't enabled to have their opinions or that they should be pulled from the airwaves or that they should never be able to write again. That's the difference between me and the people who embrace cancel culture. I trust Joe Rogan, like all of you do, more than CNN. And I know all of you watching and listening right now, by and large, Trust me more than CNN as well. Funny quote here from Lane Kiffin on the uh, the class that Texas A&M put together and the impact of NIL. Lane Kiffin said, we don't have the funding resources, of course he's at Ole Miss, as some schools with the NIL deals. It's like dealing with salary caps. He says some schools can pay five to ten times more. And this is a quote from Lane Kiffin. I joked... I didn't know if Texas A&M incurred a luxury tax with how much they paid for their signing class. We have gone very rapidly from uh, a situation where uh, nobody uh, was allowed to talk about paying for players to a situation where suddenly everybody is able to talk about paying players and it's happened in a real hurry here as everybody is uh, breaking this down in a larger scale. The impact of NIL, I'm telling you guys, is going to be seismic for a very long time to come. Did you guys see the Florida poll results that came out? This is from, and I'm looking at it right now, uh, the USA Today and Suffolk poll. Uh, And several things jumped out. First of all, Ron DeSantis has opened up, probably not a big surprise to you guys, a big lead in the 2022 governor race. He's up 11 points on Nikki Freed, who is running for the Democratic nomination, and up six points on Charlie Crist, uh, who is a former governor. Those are big leads because, remember, DeSantis only won the state of Florida by around 30,000 votes. And you want to talk about the importance of who won that Florida governor's race. Remember that DeSantis almost lost to Andrew Gillum, who at the Super Bowl down in Miami got uh, involved in like a gay sex drug-fueled orgy. Uh, it's a mess, right? Uh, the, what was going on with, uh, with Andrew Gillum down there later came out and said he's bisexual. Uh, if Gillum had won, assuming that he had kept that office, he would have likely had Florida locked down 
which would have meant a lot of other states would not have followed the lead of Ron DeSantis. So that's the governor race in 2022. Interestingly, um, right now, Trump would beat DeSantis in a primary. He's a seven-point favorite if they were both running for the Republican nomination in Florida. But this one jumped out at me even more. Bill Clinton, not Bill Clinton, sorry, Hillary Clinton would beat Joe Biden in the 2024 presidential primary in the state of Florida if it were going on right now. There's been talk about Hillary coming back out of retirement and running for election again. She would probably be a better candidate than Joe Biden. Interestingly, DeSantis would be an eight-point favorite right now to beat Joe Biden in the state of Florida and Donald Trump would be a three-point favorite to beat Joe Biden. Overall, Joe Biden's job approval rating, this is according to USA Today and Suffolk, uh, is only 39% in the state of Florida. He has a 36% approval when it comes to the economy. Ron DeSantis is the most popular politician in the state of Florida with a net plus 10 favorability rating. Uh, Rubio is plus 5. And... Joe Biden, minus 11. He has a 43% approval rating. Kamala Harris, minus 21. She has a 34% approval rating. Hillary Clinton, by the way, 34% approval rating, 25 points to the negative in terms of her overall impact. That's the most recent poll coming out of Florida. Came out today on the first day of February. I went to law school, graduated from uh, Vanderbilt, loved it. Three fantastic years there. Law schools have lost their mind since then. I don't know how many of you are paying attention to this Ilya Shapiro controversy, but Ilya Shapiro is a professor at Georgetown who tweeted that in limiting his selection to a black woman, that Joe Biden was overlooking many other minority candidates that are more qualified to end up as a Supreme Court justice. And he particularly cited an Asian man. Uh, and he said that there were lesser black female candidates. Those were his, that was his term. Set off of a firestorm. Inartfully phrased tweet, I agree. But the overall position that he was advocating is one that I have argued for a substantial time. It is. I don't personally agree with saying I'm only going to pick a woman. I certainly don't agree with saying I'm only going to pick a woman of a particular minority group, right? So, uh, when Donald Trump said he was going to pick a woman to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or when Joe Biden said, I'm going to pick a woman as my running mate, or even when Ronald Reagan said, I'm going to put a woman on the Supreme Court, in general, I disagree with saying what you are going to do before you do it. Let me explain what I mean by that. If you decide that a woman is the best possible candidate for a job, that's fine. But as soon as you say, I'm going to only pick a woman, you're canceling out half the population. It's even worse when you say, I'm going to pick a woman of a particular minority group. Because what that does is, black women make up only about 6% of the overall population. You are immediately canceling out 94% of the American population when you are Joe Biden and you are saying, I'm only going to pick a black woman. And by the way, 76% of the American public agrees with me that Joe Biden's choice there 
isn't the right one, that he shouldn't have limited his choice to being a black woman. Now, several reasons. One, you eliminate 94% of people and you might have a better candidate there. Bigger issue. Bigger issue is you are making the decision when you eliminate 94% of people and say, I'm only going to pick a black woman, you are undercutting your own nominee because many people are going to say, whenever you get that nomination, the only reason you got it is because you're a black woman because Joe Biden has already told us that he's otherwise eliminating everyone else from consideration. Worth contemplating in a serious fashion how illegitimate Joe Biden's categorization is there and also how much it represents the full culmination of identity politics when you are not picking the best person, you are only picking based on race and gender. That's everything that is wrong. Tomorrow, second signing day for college football. And Jim Harbaugh is going to be interviewing for the Minnesota Vikings head coaching position. I believe Harbaugh wants out of college football if he is choosing to interview on the day that many different recruits are signing. That is strong evidence. I expect to see Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan now that he's beaten Ohio State and now that he has won the Big Ten title. I think Jim Harbaugh wants to go back to the NFL. And here's a prediction for you. I think NIL is going to send more college coaches who are really successful into the NFL in the future because you constantly have to recruit and buy players now. And because your players can transfer at any moment in time, that means there's more stability and a better lifestyle in the NFL. You've got the draft. Players, if you draft them, either play football or they sit out. There's not a lot of other options there. And you don't have to constantly be recruiting and worried about whether your players are going to leave because once they're under contract, they are locked in for the perpetual future. These are big deals worth debating. I don't think most people have considered and contemplated where we are headed in college athletics as a result of all of these rapid changes. I'm a capitalist. I have no issue with players being paid. But when you're paying players and they have perpetual free agency in that they can leave, there's a salary cap in the NFL, remember, and also players are restricted and not allowed to leave uh, once they are under contract. Same thing no longer applies in college football. All right, I love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. Encourage you to go listen to that Clay and Buck show. Get your bets in. $5 turns into $280. $5 bet turns into $280. Uh, 56 to 1. All you have to do is pick the winner, Rams or the Bengals. And you can have somebody else take the other side. Get a friend, colleague, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever you got. Maybe your husband, maybe your wife. And you can get hooked up as well. $5 turns into $280. Have somebody else take the other side. And for $10, you're guaranteed $280. I am Clay Travis, DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I'll see you guys tomorrow.